You're listening to local programming produced in KUNV Studios. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Welcome to NBA School in the Basketball IQ Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Lawrence. I'm here to give an educated breakdown on all things NBA. Welcome to episode 11 of the Basketball IQ Podcast. Um, it took a little break because of Super Bowl week last week. You know, I was here in Vegas. It was a great game, by the way. Swifties loved it. NFC West fans loved it. So that means I loved it. Everyone else hated it. Everybody else wanted the Niners to win. So I take great pride in knowing that Patrick Mahomes is making 90% of the country cry. It's great. But this is a basketball podcast. And that was one reason I took a break. The other reason... Do you see the trade deadline? You know I have a show to do. <laughs> Sound like a Hollywood exec. You know I have a show to do. There were some good trades. <laughs> you want me to talk about Boyan Bogdanovich for 13 minutes? Because I don't know if I could do it for two. I could probably do it for two. I'm a blabber. I could. But I didn't want to. You know? It's also why I didn't post on the blog last week. It was like... The Super Bowl. Like, is anybody going to read my shit? Probably not. I'm a realist. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the main story. Uh, why do the Bucks still suck? Not still. Why do they suck? I mean, they don't suck. They're 35 and 21 as of this recording. But ever since the Doc Rivers hire, Milwaukee has gone three and seven. They've went from just mid defensively to, or just bad defensively to mid. They've given up 120 points four times in the last 10 games. Which I know in the modern NBA with three-point shooting might not sound terrible, but it is. And they just lost to Memphis 113 to 110 last night. And is seen as kind of the new low. I'm not going to lie to the people. I wasn't able to watch this game. I was um, at my job. So I wasn't able to watch uh, the Grizzlies with Zaire Williams and Gigi Jackson beat the Grizzlies or beat the Grizzlies, beat the Bucks. But what I did see was that Doc Rivers had had some comments after the loss last night. He said via Eric Nem, I don't know if I'm saying your name right, Nem Neem of The Athletic. He said, we had some guys here. And then we had some guys in Cabo. <laughs> Great line. I might, I might, <laughs> if I'm ever coaching twelve-year-olds uh, when I'm a dad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna use that line. It's a great line. Uh, despite the Grizzlies being without Jaw, without Jaron Jackson, without Desmond Bain, and to my knowledge, Milwaukee had all their starters. Everyone was healthy except for Chris Middleton. Shocker, Chris Middleton's not healthy. It's a, This is a new low. 
Last night, the Bucks shot 25% from three. And despite Giannis having 35 and 13, and you would think it'd be 13 rebounds, no, it was assist. They still lost the game. And despite going into a deep dive about Adrian Griffin and Doc, because I already did that last week, I'm going to kind of reiterate what I said on the blog a couple weeks ago. When I said there is a black cat or some level of curse that in some way, shape, or form is affecting Doc Rivers everywhere he goes. So you look at the first coaching job he got straight out of the NBA. He coached the Orlando Magic from 99 to 03. He lost in the first round three straight years. Not three straight years, but he lost in the first round three times. You can't really blame him. You know, he had T-Mac, but in 2K terms, he had a bunch of 77 overalls on the team outside of T-Mac. T-Mac probably 96. Rest of his team was a bunch of 77s. What do you expect the man to do? Especially, I mean, the, the East was pretty terrible back then. But, you know, you could have got out the first round one time. Especially in 2003 when you blew a 3-1 lead to Detroit. You could have got out of the first round. Sorry, my chin bumped into the mic. You could have done that. So he gets fired from that job. Takes maybe a four-year break. Not even, wait, not even a four-year break. He took, he was an NBA on ABC, on NBC commentator for about six months. It was like, you know, this job in Boston's pretty cool. Let me go over there. So they won in 2008. So you might think, Charlie, that's not cursed. True. But that 2008 team, funny in retrospect, is being more um, discredited as, well, you were supposed to win. And the team is really annoying ever since. Like, if you listen to any Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce interviews, you'd think they were the 80 Celtics. You think they won four championships. They could have, but they didn't. You know, KG got injured in 2009 because of a freak leg injury. In Utah, goes up for a rebound. His knee goes one way, his body goes the other way. Bone spurs. And that is kind of attributed to being the reason they lost to Orlando that year in the playoffs. And then and when LeBron went to the Heat, it was raps. They couldn't beat him. Don't get me started on the Clippers. I was a Chris Paul fan. Still am a Chris Paul fan. And injuries on injuries on injuries plagued that team to the point that it felt like, like the Clippers could have won 55 games every single year, and they probably did. And it didn't matter because you're like, CP's going to get hurt. That hamstring. Blake is going to hurt his knee. Like something bad. DeAndre Jordan's going to dislocate his finger. Something bad's going to happen. And he just knew, especially in that 2015 when they blew that 3-1 lead to the Rockets. Again, Doc Rivers, 3-1 leads. Not, not a great match. 
76ers, for some reason, Doc loves going to teams that I have affinity for because, as I mentioned on the last pod, I was a huge Ben Simmons fan and Joel Embiid fan, and he decided to intoxicate that team too. Um, <laughs> and then he goes to the Bucks, and Giannis is one of my favorite players. So, And Dame was one of the people that I kind of, um, being from Seattle and him playing in Portland, is he was one of the guys that I kind of picked out. Like, I, I like him. This is back in like 2013. So it, it seems like he, Doc, just loves going to, this sounds selfish, he loves going to my favorite teams outside of LeBron teams and preventing them from winning championships. So thanks, Doc. Um, That's just all to say that everywhere Doc goes outside of Orlando, because you can't really give him for Orlando, because it's like, it was his first job. He had T-Mac and he had Ben Wallace that one year in 99. Like, you can't really hurt him that much. Like, it's like, okay. But every other spot has been filled with turmoil. Like, not just disappointment. Like, every other spot he goes, drama follows. Remember the Clippers always had, whether they're true or not, always had stuff talk about Chris Paul in the locker room. And the Donald Sterling happened. Now you can't control a racist owner, but at at some point it's like, damn. And then the Sixers, the whole Ben Simmons thing happened with the phone in his pocket. And then James Hart, and it's like, ugh. <laughs> like, what's gonna happen to the Bucks? <laughs> like, is Giannis gonna like all of a sudden hate the universe, even though he's like the most loving person in the league? He's got the viral clip of him being like, I just dunked Oreos and, or you just like, what do you say? I just had a smoothie for the first time. God bless America. Like you're going to ruin him too. Like, damn doc. <laughs> I'm just playing. I, I mean, not really, but doc is supposed to be a defensive guy. And even though in the modern NBA, you see guys Random, like, I, Denny of Dia just had 43 and 15. Like, anyone can go off. And Gigi Jackson's been having a great game. A great game. A great, he had a great game. But he's been having a great season. But allowing Vince Williams Jr. to have 18, 12, and 7. Like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. The man averages nine points a game, bro. Like, what, what what are we doing here? What are we doing? Now, the Bucks' defensive guards aren't great. So that's probably why he got 18, 12, and 7. But I already gave deep insight on Doc last week. So this was just more, or not last week, but two weeks ago. So this was just more of a, he's clearly cursed. I, I don't, <laughs> you got to get, you, you, their offense sucks now. And that was like, they're like second in the league in offense, and it sucks now. It doesn't make sense, man. It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. For all my WWE fans out there, for all my Rock versus John Cena fans out there, we had a little, a little, a little fight. A rare NBA fight. They say this era is soft. They're wrong. <laughs> so if you, if you don't know, Isaiah Stewart and Drew Eubanks, 
uh, d- decided to settle their argument in the back hallway by uh, throwing hands. Isaiah Stewart became Brock Lesnar pregame. Uh, he, he does, Isaiah d- does have a history of being a WWE wrestler. He does. Remember the LeBron thing, excuse me, that happened a couple years ago? Where LeBron, heaven forbid, elbowed him on a box out because for anyone that's ever been a big, like myself, you might elbow somebody. It happens. I don't know why he got so mad about it, but whatever. Uh, I'm just sad because he went to University of Washington. And that, that this is what we're putting out. We have some other great players. We have Isaiah Thomas. Celtics Isaiah Thomas. We have Terrence Ross. Brandon Roy. We have some great talent. People that didn't go to Washington, but there's a lot of other guys from that area that played in the NBA. That I sort of you know become fans of because they're from but not not Isaiah Stewart. No. Mm-mm. Nope. Apparently he punched Eubanks in the face pregame. Just bopped him right in the face. I would love to know what the argument was. That led to this. Because. I don't know about you. But there are very little things. Little things. There are not many things. I guess I should say. That could get me motivated enough. To punch someone in the face. There, There are a couple. And even then. I don't know if I'd actually do it. I might think about it. Because you guys, if you guys don't know me, I'm the type of person where if somebody says some mean thing to me or I feel wrong me, I'm not going to physically hurt them. But I'm going to try my best to make it clear that I don't mess with you anymore in some way, shape, or form. And it's probably mental shit that I do to people, but that's whatever. Um <laughs> But no, like I don't, I don't know what someone would have to say to me in order for me to be like, "Yeah, I'm punching the face." I don't, I don't, I don't know. Um, according to the athletic article, it says around 4:45 p.m., Phoenix police officers were working in a security capacity during a Suns home game at Footprint Arena. By the way, horrible name. Um. When they were called to a fight between two players inside the arena's parking lot, <laughs> when the officers arrived, they were directed by security to the players involved. Uh, the officers spoke to both players involved and a number of people who witnessed the incident. They learned that there was an argument between both players as they arrived at the arena. Witnesses said the argument escalated when they saw Stuart punch Eubanks, causing a minor injury. Both men were separated by security, which ended the fight, blah, 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 blah. NBA is still collecting evidence. The league also hasn't received footage yet, which I hope they release. Because whatever minor injury Isaiah Stewart gave Drew Banks in Madden, Drew Banks was dogging. 
It is six points, eight rebounds, two steals, and two blocks in 18 minutes. So Isaiah Stewart lit, lit a fire under Drew Eubanks. <laughs> this made me think, though, should the ABA have a rule? I pose a question to the to the to the jury. Should the NBA have a rule allowing one fight per game? Like in hockey? I don't know what the specific rules are in hockey, but I just know that fights basically happen every game. So, like, what if a physical play happens or, like, some, you know, paint possession or whatever, and, like, I don't know, Burke Lopez, I mean, Burke Lopez is a bad example because he probably wouldn't fight people. But, like, Brooke Lopez was just allowed to start swinging on somebody. That, that'd be peak entertainment. I'd love it. It'd be fun for the viewers. But good luck having the players sign off on that. Just imagine that contract negotiation. Be like, all right, uh, so we're going to put in this new rule. <laughs> you guys are allowed to fight one time per game. All of them like, What? <laughs> I have heard, like, kind of trollingly that the uh, league should put in, like, a one player should be able to fight one fan per year. Basically just have one malice at the palace moment every year. It's like, I could see your argument, <laughs> but <laughs> it's never going to happen, though. I mean, with... The league caring so much about this image, which I understand, but Adam is never going to, the owners are never going to subscribe to that. Um, but Isaiah Stewart would probably be the first person to sign off, though. You'd be like, where's the dotted line? Um, predictably, the Suns were pretty upset, saying the altercation was unprovoked. Which kind of contradicts the above part when it says it was an argument so who knows what's what actually happened maybe new stuff new uh information will come out uh later but at this point look it's all-star weekend this is what i have to report on i could have done one of my friends uh at work was like you should do the knicks uh the knicks trying to challenge the game result and at first i was like i told him i was like that's a good idea but then when i thought about it i was like yeah i was like I'll, i'd rather talk about isaiah stewart two-piece injury eubanks I, i'd rather do that <laughs> but to <laughs> my papa michael scott i'm sorry i'm sorry i mean teddy brother does know my my Grandfather on my mom's side's a Pistons fan. He's from Michigan. Grew up with the bad boys. I, I'm I'm sorry. Y'all went through a 35 game losing streak. Not really, but you know. And now we got people fighting people and like he sent me a text actually. It was like, come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> Said y'all, y'all used to be the bad boys, but now you're just the bad boys. If you know what I mean. Moving on, moving on to the next segment that normally is soapbox of the week, but this is just a breakdown of 
all-star festivities. Um, I wrote down in my notes, the dunk contest better be good because it better be because we actually have a star level player in the dunk contest this year. So, yeah, that's the one nice thing I'll say about the Boston Celtics. If you don't know me, I hate you. <laughs> so he's a star level guy. Um, celebrity all-star games today or tonight, depending on your uh, where you are in the country. But most of my listeners are probably on the West Coast, so it's today. Um, the coaches being Stephen A. and Shannon, I think, is peak content. If you look at the rosters for the game also, now I'm not going to lie. I, I don't, I know the majority of these people, you know, but I'm not going to lie to you and just say I know everybody, you know. But I know most. And Micah Parsons, I wanted Micah Parsons to be on Stephen A's team so badly because of the clips from his podcast. I wanted it so badly. But it might actually be better that he's against Stephen A. Admittedly, Stephen A has more guys that I know. Um, like he's got Meta World Peace, CJ Stroud. Um Natasha Cloud, Jennifer Hudson, Tristan Jass, Adam Blackstone. Like these are people I know for the majority. Team Shannon has like maybe one, two, three people. Unless I'm unless I'm reading someone's name wrong. Are there three people? <laughs> Team Steven A, I know the majority of the players. So I'll probably be rooting for Team Steven there. Um The game will be on ESPN 7 p.m. Eastern. Um It'll be played at Lucas Oil Stadium. Uh, as for the Rising Stars game, it's it's kind of weird how they do it because, you see, I'm not that old, but back in my day, you know what I mean? It was just World versus USA, or even before that, it was rookie-sophomore game, which, predictably, the sophomores would always beat that ass, but... <laughs> So I get why they took that out because the the sophomores just kept beating them. Um, But it turned into the USA versus World game, and I kind of liked it. Like even the first few years, I remember them doing it. And the game, like the USA would always beat the world really badly, but I feel like that'd be a good game now. You know? Like on the USA team... If you just compare the rosters, I mean, I don't have them in front of me what the rosters would have been. But if you just look at, you know, just the fact that Victor Omanyama would be on the world team makes it even (laughs) in a scenario like this. So maybe they should go back to USA versus world. But now it's basically a draft and the even though I don't understand how it works, because is it just a draft between three teams and then Team Detlef just gets all the G League guys? Because that's what it looks like. It looks like Team Pow, Team Tamika, and Team Jalen all just got to draft rookies and sophomores, and then Detlef, Sonic, shout out. Detlef just got left with G Leaguers. <laughs> so... 
the format's kind of fun. I, I like it. Um, I'm normally kind of hesitant with new additions to All Star and new kind of changes, but th- this one I'm okay with. Uh, the three point contest, which will be followed by Curry versus Sabrina. I like how it's being marketed as that because no one knows how to say her last name. Or I've seen like Steph versus Sabrina. It's it's Ionescu. Ian, see, I don't even, I can say Ananakumpo, but I can't say her. It's weird. Um, <laughs> the three-point contest is highlighted by Malik Beasley, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Halliburton, Damian Lillard, Laurie Markkinen, Donovan Mitchell, Carr, Anthony Towns, and Trey Young. It's always at, also, always, also at Lucas Oil Stadium, which I find kind of odd. Like, why don't you just do it in the Pacers arena? Like, is there something going on tomorrow? I don't, I don't even know. Um, Dame obviously gets in by default because he's the three-point champion last year in Utah, which I thought was cool because if you guys don't know, Dame went to college in Utah um, at Weber State. Um, so that was a cool moment last year. But the main thing I want to talk about, that was just a run-through. but. I have high hopes for the dunk contest because our fathers, grandfathers, uncles, whenever they tell fables about the dunk contest, they mention names like Dominique Wilkins, Michael Jordan. I even heard Cedric Sabalos. We hear those, the Kobe Bryant one is rookie year. We hear those names and they're forever immortalized. And I'm not going to lie. The last like iconic all-star game or iconic dunk contest was 2016 Zach Levine in Toronto. It's been a really long time. It's been eight fucking years since we've had an iconic dunk contest. Now, Mac McClung last year was fun. Because I'm pretty sure that was the first year with G-Leaguers. Maybe it was 2022. So last year was fun. But I feel like this is the first time that we've had a like an actual star in a dunk contest in a long time. Like we look back at some of the winners from previous years. Like you had uh, Anthony Simons in 2021. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Zach Levine, last two years, or 2015-16. John Wall was in it in 2014. So John Wall was the last guy to win the dunk contest while actively being a star in the league. It has been 10 years. So we need Jalen Brown to win the dunk contest. I never thought I'd be rooting for a Celtic a day in my life, but I am now. Because I care about this stuff. I care about the story of the league and how it's written. So, please, Jalen Brown, win the dunk contest. Because I'm looking up the participants now. I when I'm when we're done, if I see Mac McClung win it again, Jacob Toppin, or Jaime Hawkes, I'm going to be deeply disappointed. Deeply disappointed. Now, Mac McClung is the odds-on favorite, predictably, but 
please, Jalen Brown. Please, please, Boston Celtic man. $300 million man, please. Win it for me. And that'll do it, man, for episode 11 of the Basketball IQ podcast. We'll just do a little, a little wrap up here for the blog this week. I'll be doing an all-star game prediction slash breakdown slash not too sure yet. I, I haven't, again, these things are, are tentative. I don't know what exactly I'm going to do with the all-star game, but since the blog comes out on Sunday, I'll do something related to the all-star game for the high post. Uh, for incidental contact, I'll use the why do the bucks still suck clip. Um <laughs> And then for the history lesson, it'll be the birth of LeBronto. Guys know my favorite player. Game three of the 2018 Eastern Conference semis against the Raptors, which if you're not familiar, is the shot that LeBron hit one-legged, one-handed. Cleveland, that is for you. It's great, great memories. I remember where I was when I when he hit that shot, so it's really nostalgic for me. Uh, exciting upcoming games. You know, I like doing this. It's an all-star game on Sunday. I mean, not today. If you want to see Shannon and Stephen A. scream at each other, by all means. I'm going to do it. But it's up to you. But the key thing is to remember is that it's all about Thank y'all so much for listening to this episode of the Basketball IQ Podcast. And remember, kids, it's all about hoop.